Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. You can follow the Combo Characters podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle CB Characters, and you can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. Hey guys, it's Comic Book Characters, your favorite podcast of all time. I am, as always, the invincible incredible ig uh also known as the president and ceo of snark industries and joining me as always from san antonio texas your friendly neighborhood podcaster alfredo how's it going man what it do sir what i thought you were gonna say what a deuce for a second and i was like Ooh. <laughs> what it do maybe it maybe a character for a potential woody do <laughs> are the you, deuce are you trying out a new sign-on <laughs> what do you do is that no no, what do you just... do? That's just be you. You just throw that out. I really want to get try... a soundboard at one point. At some point. Oh yeah. How much are soundboards? Well, we could have. I don't know. We should look into that. You mean like so we could just have like audio clips and stuff yeah. to play? Yeah, it'd be amazing. It would we be so good. Um, we probably won't do that, but we should do that. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so man, how, this was. Uh, so we're still kind of, or at least I am still reeling a little bit from the BVS stuff. Um, I still have thoughts, but yeah, we could you, even go into them. I mean, there's still a lot we, to talk we, about. You fortunately had yourself quite a weekend. I really did, man. I'm you, still you were not you were it. not even in Beantown. You were you were in my neck of the woods. That's right, down in Texas, not quite in San Antonio. Tell me something. But, did it feel a little warmer when I was down there? It <laughs> felt a little moister. Uh, I don't know what yeah. that means. <laughs> so. But you were in Dallas for WrestleMania 32 and all of the other kind of adjoining wrestling shows and things that were going on. It sounds like you and uh, and Ben, a friend of yours, Ben, had quite the weekend. Uh, I, you know, we haven't had a chance to talk about it. I, I know we don't. <laughs> we talk mostly comics here on Combo Characters, of course. But like we've said before, wrestling is kind of the closest thing we have to like real life superheroes. That's true. You know, that isn't that isn't like a movie or a TV show. It's like it's like a live event that you can see. Uh, a lot of what you got you got like uh, guys like Kalisto. Yeah, right? who's like the even have Mexican like the luchador, luchador have a mask, which which is which is straight off of of comic book lore among other yeah, things. Yeah, totally. So anyway, it's a, it was a huge thing. Uh, there was over a hundred thousand people, right, at at WrestleMania. That's what they say. I don't know. I, I heard that it was actually closer to like ninety eight thousand, but still, uh-huh. I mean, they were fudging the numbers a bit to get the record. But that's wrestling. I mean, wrestling is all about fudging numbers. I mean, yeah. They, fudging everything. I right? remember like, as a kid, like Andre the Giant was billed as like seven hundred pounds and like <laughs> eight feet tall. It was like that's not <laughs> right. That's not that's not doable by a human being's, you know, bone right. structure, I guess. But 
but so, but anyway, it was at the AT&T Stadium or Jerry Jones World or whatever you call that place. I've never been there. That place is huge, I've heard. How was it, man? How was it being there in the moment? Uh, you had Stephen Amell was in the audience. So That's the guy right. who plays Arrow from CW's Arrow was there. He's a big wrestling fan. How was it? It was it was really fun, man. I mean, like that stadium, it's it's really hard to describe it um, to people who haven't been. And I and people had told me that before I had gone. And I was like, ah, oh, whatever. It's probably just going to be like, I don't know, just like any other stadium I had been, but just a little bit bigger. Yeah. But it really isn't. It's 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 unique. I mean, I don't, I've never been inside of a building like that. It's just, I think what struck me the most was how how tall of a, of a structure it is when you're inside it just seems to go up and up and up and your eyes keep going up and you're just like how in the hell is this just one stadium it's just it's right. insane and it's really wide and there's all it's just so much space um it's it's a ridiculous stadium but it's so much fun um and i i had a blast i mean wrestlemania itself i think was very much like a spectacle driven show it was more like broadway than it was like actual like great wrestling um right but the cool thing is i got like my wrestling kind of marked them my wrestling like uh nerd out of the way fix out of the way because i had been to nxt on friday night i went to two different shows on saturday which by the way wrestlemania weekend really tests your limits for watching wrestling i watched (laughs) on saturday i watched a total of eight hours of live wrestling wow and it's a lot of sweaty dudes and ladies that's a lot and I realized, I think my cutoffs maybe four. Like I don't. Okay. The second show, I don't even. I was kind of like just not even zoning out. Totally zoning out. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to. I mean, interrupt. But it's funny. I was talking to to Alex, right, friend of ours. Um, uh, you know, chimes in on the podcast uh, at least through communication to me every now and then. We were talking about BVS, and he was talking about how he saw it a second time, and he real he liked it more the second time. Uh, Still wasn't like totally on board with everything, but liked it more. And I told him when I saw it the second time, I literally zoned out like three different times. That's how I, I'm pretty sure that's how I would react to that movie. Um, and, uh, but so you were zoning out with the, with, with after four hours of wrestling, okay, you started to zone out as well. Yeah. And what sucked was that at, at the end of that second show, which was already towards the end of my eight hours of wrestling watch, uh, <laughs> watching in one day. Was the match that I was most looking forward to that day, which was this Japanese wrestler named Kota Ibushi, who I've never seen live. He's never been in any like American promotions, fought in like a six man tag team, and it was great. It was like one of the best things I saw all weekend. But like I just couldn't, I couldn't get that into it because I was just you had like fatigue. I was completely fatigued. I was just like yeah, fried, completely like wrestling fried, and uh, that sounds weird, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, man. So I mean, it was it was a wrestling filled weekend. I thought I was gonna have all this energy to do other stuff, but like honestly, that's what we did most of. We definitely hit up a lot of bars and did a lot of drinking. Uh, but for most of the most of the time, we were just sitting in arenas watching wrestling. So, so I heard that the Cheap Heat guys who do that's a wrestling podcast. Uh, they were doing like a kind of a an informal meet and greet at a bar. Did you guys end up going to that or no? And I really wanted yeah. to go. I think if if my friend listened to their show at all and he, he hadn't even heard of them, he might have been mm-hmm. up for it. Uh, but it also happened to be that the same day that we watched two one of the shows. It was both. Yeah, it was it was the day we watched eight hours of wrestling. So we wouldn't have even had yeah. much time. And I, th- I think in the right. end it was the right move because from what I read it was completely packed and like there was a line out the building. 
And yeah. that was actually... Over, I think over 400 people. Yeah. And that, it was funny because it's only 400 people, but I ran into quite a few people who told me they tried to go. Um, no, I mean, 400 people for a bar is a lot. Like, that's... Yeah, and it's not even that big a of a bar. People. It was in Deep Ellum, which is yeah. a cool neighborhood in Dallas. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, it it was also really cool, like, being in Dallas and just seeing people with wrestling shirts everywhere. Like, they took over that city, man. I, I so, had never seen that before. And you could really feel it. It didn't matter where you went. They were wrestling fans, and that was cool. Now, we haven't, we haven't been to San Diego Comic-Con yet, and cross our fingers one day we will be able to do that uh, as part of comic book characters. But... You know, I've been to like Wizard World, and we'll touch on Wizard World on the back end of this one as well. But I've been, you know, the Alamo City Comic Con. Um, I know they have the Boston Con up there, but especially with San Diego Comic Con, everyone talks about how when the, when San Diego Comic Con happens, they take over San Diego. Like yeah. the nerds take over the entire city. So you felt like with WrestleMania this year, especially, it's like the wrestling fans took over. Uh, Dallas or that part or area at least in Deep Ellum. They definitely did. I mean, if you've never been to Dallas, I mean, it's it's a pretty spread out city, but yeah, there's like little pockets where there's bars and kind of cool things to do. So if you're if you're traveling to Dallas and you're going to be there all weekend, you're you're going to hit up one of those one of those two spots. And so right, either you know whenever we went, we would see people with wrestling shirts, and then everything else that was happening was happening in downtown Dallas. Which also, if you've never been to down to Dallas, downtown is not really a place where a lot of stuff happens. It's kind of, especially on the weekends, because it's such a... a it's all a business district, It's a business right? district. Um, there's really not, no one there. So, like, it was just wrestling fans. <laughs> it was like... Wow, yeah, yeah, that must have been so cool. I didn't think about that. You know, it's kind of funny, and we've, we've brought parallels about wrestling in comic books and comic book heroes and villains and how they parallel each other a lot. But, you know, you just said something that brought uh, something to my mind, which is the fans are also very similar. Oh, totally. You've got very, very passionate wrestling diehard fans. You have very, very passionate diehard comic fans. You have the the smarks, right? The smart marks in wrestling, which are like the fans that know all kind of the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, right. And, and how wrestling works. And then you've got the the super. I don't really think there's a word for it in comic book terms yet, but you've got those fans that they're kind of like us, where we look at all the news behind the scenes for how the movies are being made, who's being cast for what. Like, what does this mean moving forward for the comic or the movie or, you know, and and so it's really interesting how those those audiences are so similar in a lot of ways. I never really thought about it. Yeah, they really are. And especially and in wrestling, it's also funny to see that there are certain wrestlers who have a following that's much younger. Like you'll have like little kids that really like them, but the adults won't Mm -hmm. and then vice versa. Um, And I think that probably happens in comics, too, where there are certain characters that work better for a younger crowd and others that, you know. Are, are more for the adults um right so like to use your parallel spider-man is in, is well known for being insanely popular amongst children um uh super or spider-man is like kind of the the gateway drug of superheroes <laughs> for children because that's how they get exposed to everything right but then deadpool is more like adults and you can look at it wrestling wise john cena for the kids stone cold steve austin yeah for the adults that's a good way of looking at it right do i think Cena's one of those guys who is very um, the, the polarizing. polarizing. That was the word I was looking for. So, like, a lot of adults really love to hate on him. Not so much, I think, because they don't... Oh, some of it is because they just don't like his character or him. But a lot of it is just because the company pushes him as the top guy all the time, and people just would rather have other people, you know, get a chance at the top. And so I think that's why mm-hmm. they, they lash out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas I don't think there's any kind of backlash against Spidey, at least not that I know of. 
Um, no, but, he's too awesome. Right. Well, yeah. But but I mean, but you're right in that. <laughs> hey, hey he everyone. Does, he does bring in that young audience that I think maybe so, some of the other characters don't. To kind of recap your weekend, was there one particular thing that really stood out for you where you were like, you know, that this was the, the moment that you enjoyed the most, whether it was in WrestleMania or NXT or any of the other stuff? I, I mean, I, yes, there were a couple of things. Or just the whole thing. I, I did love the entire weekend and it, it was, it was awesome. And, um, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to do something like that again. So I, I really enjoyed it and I relished it. Um, but I, I'm a huge, I, I love, you know, just regular WWE wrestling, but their developmental brand NXT is like something that I, that I really love. And I actually try to watch every week and I got mm-hmm. to see them live on Friday night and that was my favorite part. That was the best show I went to yeah. all weekend. The crowd was just so into it. It was at a really cool yeah. venue at uh, Dallas Convention Center. I'd never been inside of it. It was like so conducive to wrestling. It was perfect. It was small, and the layout was just great because it's like basically a big circle around the ring. Um, and I got to see the debut of Shinsuke Nakamura, which is a Japanese wrestler who's like a celebrity in Japan. He's huge, and the guy just. Oh, it just blew me away. I, w- I became like an instant fan, and I've, I've been thinking about his match the most. Um, does that sound weird? Is that where you're laughing? No, no, it sounds uh, sounds awesome. Uh, interesting. But uh, <laughs> oh, well, that's that's. <laughs> I mean that that's great. Now a little behind the scenes, there was at one point talk about me going to WrestleMania with you and doing this thing, and that didn't happen. So there's no ill will or anything about that. Uh, but uh, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad yeah. you had a good time. Sounds like you're still a little, little bummed about that. Mm, yeah. Mm, am I? Well, I all right. Know. Let's talk. Let's talk comics. Um, well, I mean, since you're a giant, yeah. Nerd, that, I imagine this you... week on Wrestling Talk, uh, <laughs> <laughs> watch out, Cheap Heat. We're coming for you. We're not coming for you. So, well, um, that show's about to change quite a bit, but we don't have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, since you're a giant nerd, I imagine you spent the weekend doing nerdy things. Um, what, what uh, yeah, man, I got my brain on, you know, I had a fantastic weekend traveling in my mind. Oh, uh, <laughs> I read, a. <coughs> pardon me. I read a, uh, story arc for Spider-Man. I did do nerdy things. I read, uh, this, this story called ends of the earth, uh, which actually was recommended by, a, a, a friend listener of the podcast actually he was on before joe graciano oh yeah right uh he subbed in when you were out for a week does his own podcast does his own podcast uh horrors of the of the universe and uh but uh, he recommended ends of the earth and it's a spider-man story uh which i actually think you would really like i do recommend it before i say anything else uh it's it's like a spider-man doc ock story doc ock is like like dying like he's going to die there's no way to reverse that and he he builds this satellite system that can stop global warming okay okay and he tur- he basically stops and reverses global warming and like everyone on earth is like yeah and spider-man's like no doc Ock is evil he's totally up to something and then like like literally the entire world is like spider-man you're dumb we hate you and it's the entire world against Spider-Man, and he's trying to to stop Doc Ock and keep the world from attacking him, uh, okay. preventing him from stopping Doc Ock. It's a good story. It's got a lot of Sinister Six stuff, which I know you're a fan of. Yeah, I am. Um, 
And the, and what I really like about it is even though they don't get a lot of screen time or page time, there's little moments for each of the Sinister Six characters that is very true to who they are. For the people the who story. don't know, who are the Sinister Sticks? Uh, Sinister Six. <laughs> Sinister Sticks. Stick? Sinister Sticks Sinister is Sticks. this sweet... 80s like metal band. Uh, no, Sinister Six is a, a group, and it it varies. Uh, yeah, who's been in the group? But it's like six like of Spider-Man's one. biggest villains. I think in Ends of the Earth, uh, if I can remember correctly, Sandman? it's Doc Ock, Doc Ock, Sandman, Rhino, uh, Electro, Mysterio, and Chameleon. Okay, all right. I think are the six this time. Uh, but sometimes it's like Vulture, you know, you, you can swap people in and out. Uh, but they each get like a moment that is so true to their character. And Dan Slott, who, who wrote this particular arc, does a really good job of of staying true to who those characters are within the story. Also, you have an unexpected death. I'm not going to spoil it here, but there is a death of a pretty moderately major B-level character. Wait, can within you, when did this come out? Spider-Man universe. Uh, I want to say it came out. Like maybe three or four years ago. You can't spoil something that came out three or four years ago. Nah, but, but okay, want, all right, see, all right. I want right. you to read. So you're it, telling so. people to go read it. Is what you're saying? Go read it. Okay, go read it. It's not that long. It's good, but it's good. It's really good, and it's a really good Spidey Duck Ock story, which you don't always see. You always see a lot of good Spidey Venom, Spidey Green Goblin, not always Spidey Duck Ock. This is a really good Spidey Duck Ock story. Anyway, it's so really Spidey good. Spidey is. Is in his is he in his teenage years in this in this series? No, in this one he's you know he's an adult. Okay, he's a full right. adult. But he's anti. He's pro global warming. So he's like he is totally pro global warming. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. That's what I did. Uh, other than that, I, I uh, you know, like you, like yourself, you watch WrestleMania. Don't of act like all you didn't of watch the WrestleMania. I did watch it. Dude, yeah. that thing was long. Uh, five hours or something like it was, but it was a spectacle. I liked it. Watched some of it with my mom. Yeah, real quick. The Rock came out and he had like a, a so flamethrower. Flamethrower. <laughs> and he, this is like this is what I mean. This is why I love WrestleMania. There's some of the most ridiculous things you'll ever see happen at WrestleMania. He comes out with yeah. a flamethrower. There's like a uh, a little uh, there's, on the stage. There's like these big cut out letters spelling out his name he then goes up in to metal them. they're made of metal in metal he goes up to them using the flamethrower like shoots at the names and then his name goes up in flames and then he walks the ring and there's just like yeah, yeah. fuck it america dude that's perfect yeah there's no context it's just it just no happens. context you also have um uh, Stephanie McMahon, the uh, the daughter. Oh, she did like a little Mad daughter. Max intro. She did like this Mad Max thing. It was cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. It felt. Cool. See that that's that's what the, it felt so theatrical. This WrestleMania, it was more, I think, geared Very. for just kind of casual fans than it was for the diehards. Um, but there were some really cool yeah. moments, like Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out was awesome. Shane McMahon Michaels, jumping off dude, the Sha- Hell in the Cell. Oh, Shawn Michaels, McFoley. I mean, yeah. Shawn Michaels, by the way, D. He de-aged like twenty years. Like he looks like mid nineties Shawn Michaels. He, I was like, he, I am convinced he could totally still be like a top guy on their roster if he came back. He's he's in great shape, no doubt. Yeah, like maybe they should do that because I hear that they're down a lot of guys. Um, yeah, dude, he looked amazing. Like I, it 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 really like freaked me out. Like I I couldn't wrap my my head around it. Like I'm like, how did he? Is he Benjamin Button? Like it really messed with me. <laughs> Um, 
but but yeah, like he was, you know, the, the, you know, he said WrestleMania is more for the casual fan, but it books it bookends with NXT and then the the Raw the Monday after, which are like hardcore wrestling fan kind of shows. So it's cool how that works out. But man, we have a lot to cover this week. So let's jump in. If you don't mind? Let's let's jump right in. The big big take a thing. Quick in trip to Wakanda, maybe. Anyway, go ahead. I yeah. didn't mean to interrupt you. No 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 no. You know, and here's the thing about Wakanda. It's supposed to be like this super peaceful place that had like has never dealt with like war or being invaded. But then today, this is recording this on a Wednesday, we finally get a taste of Tanahasi Coates, Black Panther number one for Marvel Comics, all new, all different Marvel. And right off the bat, um, by the way, I guess spoilers for the comic. Right? Uh, I mean, it's number one. Okay, but yeah, I guess it's the first issue. Do you, do, yeah. Do you want to just do you want to do spoilers, or do you want to just talk about it? Kind of, or like what our impressions are. Let's, of the well, comic. let's try and keep it spoiler free. I guess we don't want to okay. drive anyone. Okay, but just just kind of. You know of what though? No, because is... I was going to bring up something that is been a spoiler. So if you really don't want any spoilers, uh, you can you can skip this part. But I mean, it's skip, it's just skip, the first issue, so there's nothing. Five to seven minutes. There's nothing groundbreaking yeah. here. It's just an introduction. But, yeah, the, literally on the first page, they go into a little bit of backstory for Black Panther, trying to kind of give you an idea of where he is, right? And holy crap, they had a flood that killed thousands of people. Yeah, no. Thanos, there was a coup by Doctor Doom, of course. Uh, Thanos, I think, invaded. So it's just it's a world of upheaval for for Black Panther Dude, for T'Challa here. I thought Hell's Kitchen sucked, uh, but yeah. Wakanda is, I mean, hell on earth. It's it having seems some. Like. It's just it's having some rough times. Yeah, rough times for Wakanda. Uh, but Hard times, Daddy. Sorry. So first, <laughs> was that Dusty Rhodes? Dusty Rhodes. Nice. Um, first impressions for me. Uh, right away, you can see Tanahasi Coates's brilliant writing style. Uh, well, he's never he's never done writing like this. I mean, he's never done obviously comics. No, he's never uh, done comic. He's never. I don't think he's done like fiction no. like this. Right. But it just you can tell he's a writer though. Oh, you know, for does, sure. Does that make any sense? Definitely. Yeah. Like, just his dialogue, the descriptive words he uses for, um, you know, like certain the inner dialogue character actions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It it really paints a picture. Whereas if somebody were just reading it to you, if you didn't have the images you would still be able to to paint this wonderful picture of what's going on. <laughs> well, I will say this, and this is not something that's common for me when I'm reading comic books. There were two words in this that I actually had to look up because I didn't know what they were. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's a sign of, like, an actual, like, you know, uh, academic writer kind of, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I thought it was really, yeah, it was really well written, Um that's not super surprising. I mean, I don't know if like if I didn't know this was Tanahasi Coates, if if I would have read that and been like, oh my god, that was incredibly written. But I think part of it is just knowing that it's him and like how it's kind of exciting to have a comic um, with him as the writer. Uh, but it sets up the world well. It's interesting how a lot of it doesn't even really involve Black Panther. I felt um, right. It's really kind not of more setting up the world and other people around him. All the supporting characters, yeah. right? Um, which is smart. Which right. is like. Because now you don't have to rely just on the central protagonist to carry a story, uh, and it, it clearly shows that it's going to go off in different, like on uh, different avenues, I guess, for the various characters. I wanted to read something real quick off of just like 
it's within the first few pages, just to give you an idea of kind of the poetry of what Tanahasi Coates is doing in the comic. Uh, and it is this is an internal dialogue, and this is T'Challa saying this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hate did not rise on its own. Deceivers are loose in my kingdom, and so the hate spreads. That sounds like yeah. That sounds very uh, not, like Yoda. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I guess, but it's like what I'm you know I guess what I'm saying is, is like it's not even necessarily complex writing, like or like comp like it's not unnecessarily, it's not necessarily verbose or or complicated, but there's a lot of poetry. Definitely uh, into what what uh, Tanahasi Coates is doing here. I, I don't know. I just obviously it's you can tell. I, I was a fan of it. I really am excited to see issue two. Um, you said there were some things you wanted to touch on. Um, well, there there are. You know what? I guess oh, fuck. We we already said we we're going to do some spoilers, but um, there is a there's a cool moment where, and this this is funny because we don't you don't usually see in the first issue like them introduce a character who then kind of like turns on you know the the people that she's supposedly aligned with um but yeah. that happens in this first issue and it turns out are that you talk- a- what's that yeah go ahead i don't Sorry. remember her name um la oh geez i don't have it in front of me but um is it dora yeah malaje yeah malaje? Dora malaje. um where she kind of comes comes in and and um frees a woman who's been um, essentially uh, taken prisoner, uh, right? For something that for, she did, for, yeah. For go ahead. For standing up against uh, basically a pedophile. Right, right. Uh, obviously, doing something that uh, most people would find um, a heroic act, but you know, because Egregious. because she killed someone. Or the um, pedophile. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well yeah. I mean, death. You know, thou shalt not kill and all that. All that. No, death. no, no. Egregious for the pedophile. Oh yeah. Right. Right. I want to make sure everyone knows neither Ig nor I are in support of pedophilia. Let's make that clear. Not. (laughs) We're definitely against that. Make that clear on the coming out podcast. Yeah, that's some that's coming out strong. Um, Mm. But anyway, she she frees this woman who's been imprisoned, and they, you know, they escape, and then you find out that these they're actually have a romantic relationship. Yeah, they're lovers. Um, That's Anika, by the way, but. Yeah, so then, so you have, um, even, like, right off the bat, you not only have the, the kind of surprise yeah. of, of a character turning, but you have a um, homosexual relationship in the first issue. So that's cool. Yeah. Obviously, that's not, like, something that doesn't ever happen in the comic world, but it's cool that that would happen right off the bat. Um, and it it's seems- nice to see that Ta-Nehisi Coates has made that, like, just a cornerstone of, like, this version of black panther like it not not that it's something that sticks out but it's something that's part of the foundation yeah um right but it's i mean it's it's very i don't know it it just flows really well it's kind of very economical storytelling i found and it just i don't know it 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 definitely worked and it got it 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 kind of got me interested in and excited for what's to come um and it's it's doing a good job of of building that world up and giving you an idea of, of what's at stake and the internal struggle of of Black Panther, um, and then a nice little, a nice little thing at the end where he's trying to essentially revive his dead sister. Um, yeah, Shuri. So maybe that happens. I don't know. But it, anyway, man. Yeah, I, I I dug it. I was a fan. So here's something that's kind of interesting, and I don't know, you know, if this was dictated by Marvel with their whole all new, all different thing, or if this is Tanya Hasi Coates' input. 
But if you notice, between um, Dora, Anika, uh, Black Panther's, like, surrogate mother, it's like his stepmother or something. Right. R- Ramonda, and then his sister, Shuri, you've got four female characters. Yeah, right. All taking up a lot of page time to the one T'Challa. Like, you've got a 4-1 ratio. That's cool. I just... Um, you know, I wasn't expecting that. Not, not, you know, not that heavy of a of a female uh, angle on this book, but that's fine. Um, I think there's that Tanahasi has, has set up all of the characters very well. You know, it's I'm interested in all of them right now, and definitely want to see where all of their their angles and story arcs, uh, you know, go moving forward. Yeah. It's- what did you think about Brian uh, Stelfreeze's art? I, on the book. I liked it. I mean, it's kind of, um, a lot of it can seem almost like kind of one dimensional. I don't know if that's the right, right way of describing it, but kind of, it sounds kind of negative when I say it that way, but it's really not. It's, I know what you mean though. It's like simple yeah. or basic, but not in a, like not in a negative way. No, it, yeah. no, it's, it actually is kind of strong because it seems like almost like really outlined kind of action and characters and, I, I mean, I personally like that style. I don't know. Some people might not. Um, but I, I, I dug it. I mean, the Black Panther suit is still very, very basic, and it's somewhat similar to, to what we're getting in the movie universe, which I think I guess is cool to have that kind of synergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I liked it. What did you think? I liked it, too. I like the art. Uh, and I think I think it's Laura Martin is the colorist on it. I think she did a good job. Um, you know... I, I like you know I tend to like like Brian uh, Brian uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name now oh. Brian Hitch oh yeah and David Finch uh, their art style it's a little bit more dynamic um, uh, but that being said I, I like what Still Freeze is doing here um, but like I said I definitely for an issue one they did a great job uh, of of keeping me wanting more and interested into what comes next for sure and I mean we've always you know we've given Marvel some props for starting to create a more diverse cast of characters Uh, but you know there's always been an issue with the behind the scenes diversity and how that's you know a white male dominated world so it's cool to actually uh, have have it, uh, a a a big comic property that's being helmed by you know two uh, an African American writer and an African American artist. So cool! I'm excited to see where it goes. Definitely. Um, all right. So moving on to uh, some DC news, and this this is pretty big. Now we we talked at length about BVS and sort of the critical reaction and our own personal reaction. Uh, real quick. The the movie dropped almost eighty percent in its second weekend, yeah. which is I mean that's going to happen with any really big movie. I think even Star Wars: The Force Awakens dropped like forty percent. Yep, you know so there's big drops in that second weekend, but eighty percent is big even for a large movie like this, and you have to think that's all because of the critical response. Uh, the the word of mouth response from people that saw it the first weekend. Now there are definitely diehards out there that loved it, and and that's great. But oh, I would say over overall the the overwhelming voice is a meh to not great kind of feeling about the film. Uh, 
and and I think in part because of that, Warner Brothers has decided to to put their money where their mouths are, so to speak, and they're dropping tens of millions of dollars into reshoots for Suicide Squad. Um, and apparently, uh, what we've seen is that somebody, you know, kind of off the record, somebody associated with the production of the film said something to the effect of all of the humor bits in the movie were in that trailer were in the queen trailer like that literally (laughs) was every and it's something that you brought uh brought up previously that you thought that trailer was um was disingenuous because you thought that the movie is not going to be that funny and you were right i mean you were you were spot on because literally literally all of their jokes were in that trailer and now they're going to spend i heard in upwards of 50 million dollars doing reshoots to punch up the film make it a little more fun a little more friendly uh what do, what do you think about that i am getting some bad fantastic four vibes here man uh i don't think this movie's going to be that bad because it's really hard to be that bad but um i mean those those are two bad signs i think fantastic yeah. four did something similar where you know, they gave us a couple of trailers that were really dark and they looked like kind of interstellar um, and they were kind of, you know, looked more like just guys exploring space. Um, yeah, space. Very Star Trek-y. And then, I liked. And then out of nowhere, there was like this jokey trailer that had like a funny, you know, kind of a fun, peppy soundtrack to it. And it just yeah. felt weird. It was like, what the hell is this? This is not the movie you've been selling me for the last couple months. I felt that way a little bit. Well, I felt that, I felt that way quite a bit with the with the last Suicide Squad trailer. I think it was a really well received trailer, and people liked it. And I think most, yeah. I think people liked it because they thought, "Oh, okay, this movie is actually going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy." Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, right. But um, and I don't know why. I, I just I something about it just didn't. To me, it just seemed like they were trying to make to take what they had and turn it into a funny trailer. It looked like one of those like those trailers that you see online where they take a movie like The Shining and turn it into a, a comedy. You know? <laughs> right, where they change That's how that. it felt to yeah. me. And and I guess that's what that's what it was. And I think it there's it's also a bad sign when you have reshoots to this extent. I mean, obviously, I think movies do reshoots pretty commonly, but it's usually like to yeah. fix like one or two errors or, you know, holes in, in, or gaps in the story. But ten million dollars—that is a major. No, 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 not ten million. I think it's upwards of fifty million. Oh, I read ten. It's fifty. It's it's tens of millions, and then I've heard of as much as fifty. That's that's insane to me, and that I mean that can't be a good sign, right? I mean, it doesn't mean that it's doomed, but it's hard when you've already made a movie that with this particular vision in town, yeah, right? To try to tack on new scenes, I just. I, it, it's it's not a good sign. It doesn't mean that it's doomed, but to me, it, it just doesn't sound like a good sign. So, you know, I know we get a lot of uh, criticism, I guess, from people saying that we're Marvel fanboys. But the thing is, just objectively, these are, these are problematic issues <laughs> that is plaguing the DC Cinematic Universe right now. Uh, much, like, much like Fox with Fantastic Four. You know, we're calling a spade a spade. I'm right with you on this. I mean, if they can do it organically somehow and make it not stick out and, you know, I you know, I hadn't even thought about Fantastic Four, but, you know, as soon as you said that, I started thinking about the Invisible Woman uh, and the wig situation. <laughs> yeah, right. That. Like, the character's like, going to look a little different <laughs> with all these reshoots. Like, yeah. Ugh, you know, I, 
I want Suicide Squad to be good. I want all of these movies to be good. If because once the superhero films start not being good, the studios are going to get nervous, and then that's when we don't get any more superhero films, and I don't want that. So, so yeah, this is this is problematic. I, I hope that they can decide what they want to do and fix it. But at the same time, if you're going to try to punch up Suicide Squad and make it more fun and friendly or whatever the hell you're doing, then why is Zack Snyder still on Justice League? <laughs> right. Because you're going in the other direction again. Like, you got to... I don't know, man. You know, one, th- one argument about DC right now that a lot of people uh, th- throw in that direction is that they're too reactionary. You know, they're they they tend to jerk uh, based on the smallest of responses to things now granted the bvs response i don't feel was small in any way but you know i i don't know i don't know what they should be doing i don't know if this is the right move i don't know yeah I'm, i don't know I'm, i just hope the movie's good yeah i'm confused by if it it's too. not they're really screwed i think if this movie doesn't do well and it has to do at least like Guardians well or, or about that ballpark. Like I don't think it's going to touch Deadpool, uh, Suicide Squad. But if it doesn't at least touch in the ballpark of Guardians of the Galaxy, then I think DC Cinematic Universe is in very, very uh, big trouble. Well, it's it's a good thing you mentioned Deadpool because this this does seem very much like a reaction to Deadpool. I think the you know the movie that we mentioned was Guardians of the Galaxy, but obviously they weren't trying to be Guardians of the Galaxy um, because that movie came out quite a while ago. I think it was the success yeah. of Deadpool that, that, that showed them that they can kind of, you know, make this Infuse movie. Infuse the humor. Yeah, but also also maybe make it a little more risque. And yeah. um, I don't think this is going to change the rating of the movie, right? Do you know? No, is I that's don't gonna think change? so. Okay. No, I haven't um, seen anything about that. But, uh, you know, bringing yeah, up... Go oh, go ahead. Bringing up Deadpool... The Suicide Squad for DC has their Deadpool in it, in Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Like, if Deadpool is Marvel's most popular millennial generation character, um, then Harley Quinn is that for DC. No, you're totally right. And so, even though I just said that I have, there's no doubt in my mind that Suicide Squad will not make Deadpool money, it <laughs> it should. Yeah, it's if it has Harley Quinn in it, it should it should be able to do that, but it's not going to. And I think I don't know. I don't know what that means for DC. I feel I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned about what's happening with 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 the Suicide Squad. I'm su- I'm concerned with Snyder kind of directing the entire cinematic universe with the Justice League films, and you know like James Wan had said that he's going to make Aquaman a lot funnier and lighter in response to Snyder's BVS. But then Snyder came out like a day later and said, I'm going to be consulting on Aquaman. Yeah. So it's uh, it's not great. It's not a good sign. And I I mean, it's strange to me that Warner Brothers would be so quick to... um to do reshoots for Suicide Squad, but for some reason we're still getting Zack Snyder and Justice League, you know? Right. Uh, I guess that's a harder change to make, and maybe maybe they're also kind of painting themselves into a corner in that, you know, if they take him off of that, it, it really looks bad for 
BVS, which is a movie that's still out there and still making money. Um, so yeah. in a way, like they didn't really have much of an option. I think their best move or what we seem to be seeing is that um, they'll probably keep him, at, you know, as the director, but maybe bring in some other minds uh, well, to work and, with and him and, you know, maybe be, diff- you know, producers and, and kind of change the tone of the films going forward. And, th- and this is something you found out off the air. Uh, but George Miller, right, the that's director right, yeah. for Mad Max Fury Road, supposedly is going to be coming on to Justice League as a producer of some sort or consultant. And, you know, as soon as you told me that news and you 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 and I had the exact same thought was, wait, 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 why not just make George Miller the director of the film? Like, <laughs> right. like that's that's the move. He had maybe the biggest, most surprising film of 20, uh, 2015 or 2016. And he's a guy who, who who has a lot of style, a visual style, you know, in, in, yeah. in, similar to Zack Snyder. But um, who I think has had a different flavor, different flavor and has had more success, I think, in um in his storytelling and his direction than, than, than Snyder has. So that, that would be great, man. I, I would, I would be so on board with that. I told you off the air, like I would immediately be right back on board with, with where DC was going. Uh, but where, where they're headed right now um, with the news with suicide squad, with Zack Snyder still being involved. I'm just not, I'm not excited. It doesn't mean that can't change, but um, yeah, but I'm just not, I, I feel bad for suicide squad in a way because now because of the underperforming nature and granted, look, BVS is still going to maybe make a billion dollars worldwide, which is crazy. But you got to remember, they they sunk like I think I saw three hundred to four hundred million in marketing alone on the film. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so it has to make a billion dollars. But I think this puts too much pressure on Suicide Squad. I, I don't think this is the kind of pressure that that movie needed. No. The other bit of but, news that came out was that Warner Brothers were apparently shocked. By the Batman vs Superman reception, which to me is crazy. I, mean, I think we even you mentioned this um, as well that I think on on the show we even like months ago talked about how when this movie was first screened to like Warner Brothers executives, they gave it a standing ovation. So something's yeah. not something's not right there, and I think it's something that starts at the top um, that needs to change, um, either with a director or I don't know with the producers. But something's not working. Um, at, at, at the very top, I think, of Warner Brothers that, that, that needs to change to, to fix this thing. And maybe it's as easy as just getting a director with a vision. I mean, Christopher Nolan obviously did an awesome job with Batman. Um, yeah. So it's not, like, impossible, but, man, kind of dark on the plus, On the plus side for DC and Warner Brothers, we did get news this week that they are moving up Wonder Woman from the original June 23rd, 2017 date. We're getting it three weeks early, June 2nd, 2017. And I have to say, this is the one movie on DC's schedule. I am very curious about Suicide Squad, but the one movie I'm really looking forward to is this Wonder Woman movie. And here's a real, here's a really big chance or opportunity for DC Warner Brothers to knock it out of the park and really gain some, you know, foothold and really bust open the doors with an entry that even Marvel hasn't been able to do in almost a decade, which is make a standalone superhero, superhero, uh, heroine, what am I saying? Super, <laughs> a heroine, <laughs> uh, out there on the cinematic level, you know, and, and I think they can do it. I think they got a, a great lead in Gal Gadot. Um, 
I think she can do it. I think with the right director and the right script, the right cast, they can do this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad it's coming a little earlier. What do you think about this news? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you were talking about DC being reactionary. And um, if they're worried about, you know, Justice League going forward and Suicide Squad, the one property they should be pretty excited about is Wonder Woman. Because even though the reviews were generally bad for Batman vs Superman, the one kind of common thread that you could find, even in the negative reviews, was that people liked Wonder Woman. People thought that that character came across really well, and uh, I think they're rather excited to see where it goes. Um, so, yeah. Also, Wonder yeah. Woman had no interaction with Superman in this movie. In that movie, by the way. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. No, no direct. Nothing. Yeah, no, no. direct uh, interaction. Uh, uh, maybe so, that'll be. Maybe that'll come out in the, the thirty minutes of extra footage. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, as well so, as Jimmy so Olsen's backstory. <laughs> <laughs> what if she's just hanging out with Jimmy Olsen yeah, the whole thirty right. minutes? Just her. And, it's just this is whole side movie where it's just Diana Prince and Jimmy Olsen just getting a sandwich at a local deli or something. Um, so D- DC Warner Brothers also slotted two untitled movies. Um, for I believe when is it October and November October of 2018 and November of 2019 they're as of yet unnamed untitled projects uh, I'm thinking one of those is going to be a Green Lantern or Green Lantern's Core I thought so movie. too yeah but that's scheduled one, Green Lantern Core is scheduled to come on 2020 oh okay but hmm. I mean maybe maybe, maybe they do Lobo? a Green Lantern standalone I don't know yeah maybe Maybe, um, maybe, maybe. I think Lobo. You know, we talked about yeah, how, Lobo for sure, right? How uh, Jason Fuchs is <laughs> working on a treatment for Lobo, so maybe that's one of them. Is any other characters you think? Maybe Martian Manhunter. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe we can Red get a to- movie Red about tomato? how how Robin died. <laughs> uh, <laughs> apparently, yeah, because apparently Zack Snyder said Robin's been dead for ten years in BVS. Um, cool. That sounds so. like something you might want to put in a movie. Yeah. No, we got so we got all this been... backstory about you know Batman being broken up about his parents who died <laughs> decades ago, but Robin yeah, ten years, years ago, yeah, eh. They do show his suit at Bat one point. Bat Brat. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe it's one of the people you know from what he do. Yeah, maybe. Oh, we're 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 heading in that direction. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so moving on to Marvel again. Uh, just real quick news blip here. Deadpool is officially the highest grossing X-Men movie in the X franchise. For Congratulations, Deadpool. Yes, yes, well-deserved, well-deserved. I mean, uh, that's the little movie that could, right? Yeah. I- I'm so happy for everyone involved with that. Um, apparently, they also did just this week lock down. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is officially signed on for Deadpool 2. Nice. Uh, I believe shooting is going to begin in the next few months. Uh, the the Tim Miller, the director, is back on, and the original writers are back on. So cool. everybody that, that had a hand in making Deadpool great is back. All right. Nice. Oh, let's and, let's uh, keep moving. So, let's do some quick hits. Yeah. So, um, okay. <laughs> this is something we might touch on in greater scope later as I watch the show and get caught back up. But the Walking Dead season finale was this past week. This is going to be spoilerific, I would imagine. Yeah, spoilers. Right. We're, we're not going to talk about well, it too much, though, so you can... Spoilers, but sort of not, and okay. that's part of the problem, apparently. Okay. 
I need to catch up on that season, but I did catch the kind of scene, the end of this episode that is literally set the internet on fire with, with people, with fans of the show and kind of fans of the comic. Uh, Nerds getting upset about of, something? I can't even, yeah, I can't believe no, that. that never happens, ever. Uh, there's a character by the name of Negan who is a very, very important character in the Walking Dead comic. And he does some nasty, 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 nasty He's stuff. He's just a son of a bitch. He's a son of a gun, that guy. And um, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, which is, I'm a huge fan of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Batman's so dad. Cool. Batman's dad. Yeah. And Batman's mom is Lauren Conrad, uh, who's in The Walking Dead as Maggie. So it's a there prequel for, it's... For, for Batman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, but okay, so what happens in issue 100 of the comic? It was this big issue. One of the main, main characters dies. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to know who dies in the comic, now that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to who, who's going to die in the TV yeah, show. Right. It's different. But this is the problem. In the comic, spoiler alert again, if you don't want to hear this, skip ahead right now. Glenn dies. But he's already dead. He dies horribly in the comic. Yeah. Like he gets bashed in with a baseball bat. Yeah. Lucille is the name of the baseball bat. Like it's graphic. They show it. It's terrible. In the TV show, the way they filmed this episode with Negan and Lucille, the baseball bat, he, he it's all first-person perspective at that point. So you don't see who he's killing and going to kill. So you're the you're, if your perspective is from the person who's being killed? Yes. Okay. And so they don't you don't know. You don't know. And they've been building up the entire season to this moment. And now they're not going to reveal it until sometime next season, probably in the first episode of next season. You think it's because and they just they wanted to get pissed. audience reaction, and then they could decide who were they going to die? I, that's so. This is what I've read about it. It's that they apparently have not even shot the ending. Like they have not shot who was going to get killed yet. Because there's been speculation: is it going to be Glenn? Like in the comics, is it going to be Daryl? Is it going to be you know mm -hmm. any of the other characters? Um. And supposedly the producers have said, look, we haven't even shot it yet. So technically we don't know. I don't – I feel like they're not being honest there. I think they do know. I think ultimately what they decided is that they want the biggest premiere of any show of all time. So they're going to keep it – And by not wraps. revealing who yeah. gets killed, they're, they're going to do it. And then this also makes me just personally think that it's going to be Daryl. Because Daryl is the most popular Walking Dead character, and if you kill him now and show that it's him, no one's gonna watch. Then you're gonna you're gonna lose so many viewers on next season. But if you don't reveal it till next season, then you keep all those viewers. I see. I don't think so. that's that bad of a strategy. What? Why are people upset about it? I I think because they because they were sort of led to believe that this was gonna be resolved at the end of this. Yeah. Well, season. fucking deal like with it. Like that's <laughs> that's the whole point of a show. Like you're supposed. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think. I think from a producer standpoint, they're doing the right thing. They're doing the thing that's going to keep the viewers engaged. Uh, but yeah, man, viewers are not happy about it. Not at all. Well, it's honestly that just sounds like bitching. Honestly, because <laughs> it's like I mean, that's a show should be allowed to do that. They should be allowed to give a cliffhanger at the end of a season. Shows do it all the time. It's not that. Yeah, crazy. I think this show does it all. Literally, does it all the time. It though, doesn't mean that there's cool. not going to be a payoff. Like, yeah. if that had been the second to last episode, and then you got the payoff the next episode, people probably wouldn't be complaining. It's just that people don't want to wait. But that's on them. That's on you. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
You don't have to. Well, that's why I told I told like my crew of friends that are really big into Walking Dead. I told them, look, guys, if y'all are really that upset about it, don't watch don't watch the uh, first episode of next season. Right. Don't watch it. You're gonna see that's and the thing. Like, you're gonna come right and they're back. They're like, no, no, that's not gonna happen. I'm like, well, okay, then. I mean, well, then guess what? It worked. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, so I think it's time to go through a quick little drive-through. We're in a hurry. We don't have a lot of time. Yeah, but yeah that's right. Grab a cup of coffee. Let's go to the drive-through. Let's, just go. Let's hit up Casting Corner. Casting Corner. Casting Corner. Casting Corner. Uh, new mutants news. Um, mm, so new, so fresh, so clean. Maisie, is it Maisie? I don't even know how you pronounce her name. Yeah, Maisie, Maisie Williams. Williams, who is from Game of Thrones. Sorry, just Game <laughs> of Thrones. No, Game um, of Thrones. Apparently, has been cast in the new X Men, New Mutants movie. Um, uh-huh. Who is she going to be playing? Wolfsbane. She's okay, gonna be playing that's Wolfsbane. right. Well, here's the funny thing about it. that. No, it's okay yeah. for if you. No, I know who that is. Know, I just totally I, forgot. There's, but there are X Men fans that don't know who Wolfsbane is. Yeah. Like, she's not that big of a. I mean, she's kind of big, but not that that big of an X Men character. So I'm not... kind of like Mystique. Yeah. You know, but but you get you get a bigger name actor. I'm not in the even. Role, and now that elevates the character. I'm not a big Game of Thrones fan, but aren't there wolves in Game of, Games of Thrones? Yeah, there are dire wolves. And they're like given to the the family members. Yeah, they're given to one of them is given to Arya Stark, which is Maisie which is Williams. Maisie Williams, and now she's gonna be playing a wolf. So yeah. so she's the first actress to ever be typecast as a wolf, essentially. <laughs> she's just all wolf movies. All from now on. that's it. She can only do wolves. Well, she so okay. when Universal Studios redoes all of their uh, like they done Dracula, right? Well, they done yeah, the Frankenstein. Right. They're gonna make a wolf woman. I was gonna so, say she better hope that they remake Twilight or they keep those going. Wo- um, yeah, Maisie Williams. She's that Twilight Reborn. Maisie Williams. There you go. Um, we also have um, Magic has been cast. Um, yeah, I can't. Oh, geez, I don't have her name in front of me, but she's the actress from. Oh, Anya Taylor Joy, who was in a movie called The Witch. Which is a horror right. movie um, that I loved. I thought it was great. It got great reviews. I haven't seen it. I really need to see it. I hope it's in the Dollar Theater now. I want to go see. You it. should go check it out. It's. Uh, I, I think it. it had a bit of a backlash because hardcore horror fans really want. I guess assumed it was going to be like really, really horror and like. You I know, think it, I heard it's face. more unsettling. Like it's an unsettling. Yes, film. it's more like in the vein of something like The Shining. Than it is something like right, Freddy which is what I was hoping or, for. I'm I need to go see it, um, um, but it's cool. It's it's so I mean just like the mood and the setting and the way it's filmed is off the charts. Loved it. Uh, big fan cool. of that movie, and she's what, great. What's the actress's she's name so again? great. Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy. She's gonna be playing uh, Magic in oh, right. apparently. I think these are neither one of these are confirmed yet, uh, but it seems like um, strong rumors. Those are the rumors. So those two. Actresses have uh, sent, uh, maybe been cast. I, for you sent me a picture of, of Joy, and she looks like Magic. Like she looks like kind of like the character of Magic in the comics. So that's cool. Yeah, these are two um, good good actresses. Um, again, man, Marvel, they they seem to like love finding like you know actors and people actresses. that know how to act. Yeah, yeah. yeah. who, who would have thunk that works? It's just funny to me how DC <laughs> has a seems to have a different philosophy. Um, but. Anyway, I, I I like it, but it's not just like big names. It's like kind of you know, little indie darlings uh, that they go for too. So yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, so the next one oh. is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> All I have to say about this is sweater. 
You failed me for the last time. Uh, this is going to be great. Um, if you weren't already excited for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the second one, um, and I don't really actually know anyone who's excited, but I think you are, uh, get ready to be a little more excited because Krang will now be voiced yeah. by Fred, none other than Fred Armisen. Interesting casting there. Um, Dude, love it. A guy that you've gotten compared to in the past, and you share a name. You share a name with. Um, you love also voice true. acting. He's a he's a hilarious guy. Um, how do you feel about this? I thumbs up all the way around. Yeah. Like Fred Armisen is Krang. Yes, 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 Your yes. yes. I was already really excited about this movie. It's got a, it's got a uh, uh, Stephen Amell from Arrow. Oh, second Stephen Amell drop, man. You are dropping his name so, left and right. Mm, Amel. My mom is a huge fan of Stephen Amel, by the way. Like, like um, Roman Reigns fan? or? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah. Not yes. just like she likes his acting skills, but okay. No. Yeah. So, um, yeah, super on board. I'm even more excited about the film. The trailer the trailer that they released that shows Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, by the way, Seamus, the wrestler. Oh, yeah. In Also also in the film. Uh, the trailer featuring he Run is, DMC is, is great. Is he Rocks? He's a... Uh, He's uh he's, he's Rock, Rock City. City. He's Rock City, yeah. And all right, yeah. All right. move, so move it, move it, move it along. Move let's move oh, it. Bye. Here's a bit Podcast of news. Next week we'll okay. probably uh, I think next week we'll this will come out before we record. Uh, we're finally gonna get a taste of we keep saying a taste of. I think we need to stop doing that. Um, mm, no, every time now. Okay. Well now I'm just gonna do it again. A taste of okay. Doctor Strange. A strange mm. taste, if you will. Strange taste in our mouths. Yeah. Oh, just keep pushing it. Uh, on, of course, none of them the Jimmy Kimmel show, of course, because that's where everyone goes. Uh, but I believe yeah, Cumbies, Benedict Cumberbatch himself, will be introducing God the trailer. Cumbies. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to make that happen, huh? Uh, I'm going to keep pushing it, and I think it's going to catch mm. on. Um, well, you know what's funny? There's a place over here in, in New England called Cumberland Farms. It's like a, it's like a, a convenience store. And people okay. up here call it Cumbies. Well, <laughs> there you go. So, Cumberbatch, Cumberland's pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, the only other Doctor Strange news is that someone made a GIF of Doctor Strange being part of uh, Captain America's team when they, from the trailer, like, they actually took the scene from the trailer and then, like, added Doctor Strange jumping with the rest of the team. The Russo brother, brothers saw it and then retweeted it and said that t- Doctor Strange is on Team Cap. Uh, so I don't know if that was just, like, a joke or if they were like, yeah, he probably would be on Team Cap. I really don't know. But that's all my Doctor Strange news of the week. Anything you want to add to that? Well, I, I, I think it's kind of funny if you've seen the GIF, and we'll try to throw it in the uh, in the, in the the thread. But uh, it's cool that we kind of get our first real, like, live-action look at, you know, it's not just a photography still for Doctor Strange. I think it's funny that they've turned that into a GIF. Uh, and it's cool that they put in Civil War. When you first told me that news, I was like, "Wait a minute, he's in Civil War!" Like, yeah, I know. like you, well, <laughs> I was my mind yeah. couldn't even I handle have, it. I should have been a little more delicate with that information because you tend no, to no, nerd no, out pretty easily. I do. Nerd but anyway, out man, we've hard. we've done what almost an hour now, and we still haven't gotten yeah. to. Dude, I mean, people have been clamoring for this: the return, oh. the return of what he do. This is seriously like the greatest game of all time where uh, you and I both pick obscure comic book characters that actually existed at some point and we try to guess, the other one tries to guess what their powers are. 
and I think we should just jump right into it. I don't know. Do we need another? Yeah. Do we need any more introduction than that? No. Okay. No. Um, so this is what he do, and I don't know. We didn't really flip a coin to see who starts, but do you want to lead us off, or how do we do this? Uh, I'll go ahead and lead us off, and uh, we also wanted to give a little more love to DC because uh, I think. Honestly, I think DC has the better crop of obscure I was, characters. I always left my ass off just looking at this list. Um, uh, it's great. So these, this is an all DC thing uh, for what he do. Uh, your first what he do, or what they do. It really. could also be what she do. Sometimes it's, it's women. Do. Yeah. Yeah. We're not trying to be uh Well, you, know, you are. A little bit. I'm not. Okay, but. maybe. All right. Your first what they do character, the love syndicate. <laughs> No, really? <laughs> the love syndicate of Dream World. <laughs> <laughs> what they do. Okay. I'm immediately picturing like Studio 54 type disco, just a uh, bunch of coked out fucking. Uh, I'm saying they're just like party animals. They're party animals who um, get you in some kind of trance where you have to join their never-ending party and then you, like, probably die of fatigue from all the cocaine and, and dancing of disco music that you that you do. I think that okay. that's right, no? Is that, is that your final answer? Yeah. Okay, that's not correct. I like where you went with it, though. The Love Syndicate of Dreamworld was a version of the Justice League of America oh, from the pre-crisis on Infinite Earth's DC multiverse. Yeah. Only remembered by Roger Hayden, the second Psycho Pirate. There were only three. There were actually three representatives of this syndicate. I'm going to name them. I just have to get through this. It's amazing. Sunshine Superman. (laughs) Sunshine Superman, a tall African-American wearing a modified Superman costume. The S was yellow on a red background with a round emblem. Speed Freak. Speed Freak, a fairly young-looking woman with a costume reminiscent of of Kid Flashes and apparently a speedster of similar powers. And then, this is a good one, Magic Lantern, a young, long-haired youth wearing green sunglasses, a large glowing green ring, and a t-shirt with a lantern symbol and the adage, turn on, tune in, drop out on it. Okay, so Green Lantern, Um, essentially. Yeah, like a punky Green Lantern. That's great. Um, That's great. Uh, So I was wrong, is basically what you're saying. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to add to that? To that? Uh, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, they apparently became self-aware and understood that they were comic book characters. Oh wow! But minor comic book characters, <laughs> and so this dis- like this discrepancy within their brains or whatever uh, caused them to have mental breakdowns, and they shattered into a million bright colors. That is really dark. <laughs> that is That's crazy awesome. dark. Holy crap! Oh man! All right, um, yep. what a way to go! All right, man, your yep. first one is okay. Scarf. <laughs> scarf. So like, scarf. Like, <laughs> like, a- like Garth, but Scarf. Oh, Scarf! Yeah, I thought you said. <laughs> I thought you said scarf. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like the thing that you wear around your neck. Yeah, it's the power of warmth. Yeah. It's, it's the power of feeling like you're being very lightly strangled <laughs> by a very weak person. Uh, Scarth, 
Ah, jeez. Scarth has um like a like a like a like a like a trident pole with an amulet that has magical powers, and he has the ability to travel between dimensions and with the with the amulet and the staff and the and the magical. Uh, powers. no, not even close. Uh, Scarth, from what I'm reading, is basically like Punisher or Jace. Uh, oh, he's a muscle-bound guy in a techn- te- techno tank top. I don't know what that means. I guess he's just like oh, he looks like surf. That? He's like surfer sting. He's got a spike blonde crew cut, um, <laughs> and an Aryan sense of superiority. So he's like a Nazi essentially. Um, okay. Armed with an assortment of weapons, he was the chief enforcer for Necrodyne Industries, a sinister corporation run by the wizened Mister Dunwich. There's more. There's more to Scarth, but I'm not going to go into it. We'll leave it there. Okay, so zero points for me. Yeah. Zero points for you. I have a feeling we might not get any of these. Oh, these are tough, man. You. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this guy's name is actually not super crazy. Okay. This guy or gal, I guess I should say. It's a guy. <laughs> Whatever. But this backstory is amazing. Okay. Over Overman. Over. So like this guy's over, man. This guy's yeah, so over. Like, game over, man. Game over. Oh, Overman. So, okay. Overman. That's not a clue. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say. He can end games. He can he can he can turn off your Nintendo at any moment. At any moment. Um and you can't save that shit, so No, that's that true. Sucks. Overman. 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 Keith Overman. Keith Overman <laughs> runs a no. television a news sports television show. show, sports show. Overman, I fuck, I have no idea. Um he can he covers you like a blanket and smothers you <laughs> like a human blanket yeah like a human blanket he can he nice. he goes over you that's where the overman <laughs> comes from okay yeah you're taking the literal right the literal uh, interpretation okay no he's basically superman <laughs> uh, i thought you might guess something cuz like superman's powers are so like all over the place yeah uh, he does not have the power to blanket people though but let me read you this backstory real quick. Overman was the first and most powerful hero on an alternate Earth, in which superheroes were all part of a government experiment. Other heroes in that world's Justice League were created as modified clones from Overman's cell scrapings, <laughs> including including a tall African-American Wonder Woman, and apparently Jewish Flash. What the fuck, man? DC is crazy. They have so many and a, universes. And a punk rock Green Lantern. Another one? Okay. But no, but here we go. It gets so much better. Unfortunately, Overman's power corrupted corrupted him after a sex virus. <laughs> Damn it. After a sex virus affected his brain. What? He killed the other members of the Justice League and laid waste to the entire planet, killing everyone. He also had a doomsday bomb in his possession and planned to set it off, committing suicide and taking everything left with him. So, so Over- Overman has AIDS? He has a sex virus. Oh, my God. Was this, like, written during the AIDS crisis, maybe? I want I want to go, like, on a dating website. I want to, like, I want to go on dates and then just my first question be to the prospective woman, do you have a sex virus? <laughs> Or just see just hand over out. a piece of paper that says sex virus and then a box that says Question yes mark. and a box that says Oh, yes, no, no yeah. yeah. Just leave it at that. <laughs> um, all right, all right, we're moving Zero on. Zero points for you. We're moving on. Um, 
You ready? Yeah. Your next one is Colossal Kate Crasher. Okay. What's she do? Okay. Colossal Kate Crasher is a a paralegal by day. <laughs> and she uh, I don't know how, but she somehow has the ability to transform into a hulking brute uh, of, of, of unimaginable strength. And almost like She-Hulk. And um, and she especially is against any kind of domestic violence type crimes. <laughs> nice. uh, very progressive. Almost like a, f- a feminist character, if you will. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you half credit. She is an Amazon. Well, she's yeah. described as an Amazon. I don't think she's actually. She's like, like not from the Amazon or whatever. She BFFs with Diana Prince? She might. Uh, she weighs a hefty 300 pounds. Um, but Oof. she is actually a roller derby roller skater. And okay. the, oh my God, the issue that she comes out on is fantastic. Um, the roller derby rink is on top of a gigantic energy coil, and there was an earthquake there. The coil winds down to, or, to the Earth's core. The motion of the special skates going round and round on the rink's floor powers the coil, and it will have enough power to cause internal vibrations that will shake Earth to pieces. All right, you you following this? Wow. Uh, Flash yeah. encounters this, um, dons a pair of skates, and starts skating counterclockwise at super speed to undo <laughs> the damage Crasher has caused because it was an earthquake. Then, as the yeah. Earth trembles, this is be- this is my favorite part. Flash realizes he has been going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I need this issue. Yeah, need to and, read and this. has actually this sped up the end of the world. Uh, oh my God! Yeah. Flash quickly. Flash grabs nine more pairs of skates and begins skating clockwise so fast that he's able to keep all ten pairs going at once. Earth is saved, and Crasher trips over a pair of skates, allowing Flash to capture her and turn her over to the police. Need uh, to read that. So. Now. Yeah. Wow. And uh, apparently, as police are taking her away, Flash says something like, "Something tells me I haven't seen the last of Kate Crasher, Crusher." Uh, and that was the last. That was the last we ever saw. <laughs> that was the last. Of her. That was the last of her. Oh my god, dude! Everything about that sounds amazing. So if amazing. if you're interested, Flash Volume One Number Two Hundred and Eleven came out December 1971. Flashing Wheels was the name of the issue, but. Wait, Colossal Kate Crasher. Number two? Uh, you're actually writing this down. Flash Volume 1, uh, number 211. December 1971. 211. I'm, I'm going to buy I'm seriously going to track that Please down. Please do. Uh, we might have a future review of, of, of the uh, Flash of Flashing Wheels. Flashing Wheels. Okay, your last character <clears throat> is Grubble Man. <laughs> Grubles? <laughs> yeah, Grubble Man. Grubble. Can you spell Grubble? Yeah, G, uh, G-R-O-O-B-L-E. Grubble. Oh, God damn it. Grubble. Grubble, Grubble. I'll give you, I'll give you a little hint. Grubble, Grubble, uh, Grubble. Sounds like a... Okay, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say he's like a big, dumb brute. There's, there's, uh, there's something in the name. Grubble Man. Something in the name. What the f- well, Grubble's not a fucking name. word. I know. A man? Is that the word I'm supposed to be focusing on? He's a man? <laughs> uh, yeah. Grubble. Fuck. 
great gro groovy maybe no 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 i don't know maybe rubles maybe rubles diamonds he's like a diamond cutter wow wow he's a diamond seller he he's sells a, black he's diamonds. a groovy diamond seller. He's a groovy diamond so. i'm just gonna say he's like a big dumb brute who says grooble 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 when he when he beats you up okay i'm i'm actually gonna give you half a point okay thank you <laughs> grooble man in an ordinary suburban dwelling an ordinary man who has no name by the way reads an ancient text and finds the magic word grooble which when spoken grants him super strength what for exactly for exactly 62.4 seconds that should be full credit dude that should be full credit Where, where's the half coming in because you said he says grubble 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 as he beats people yeah. up he just says grubble that's you know pretty right. damn I'm close giving you the dude full i'm giving you the full i'll give you Thank the full you. point you're right he gets a super strength for 62.4 seconds. I mean, the fact that I guess that he says Grubel is pretty insane. That's that's pretty good, yeah. That's pretty good. You're right. I give you full Okay. Credit. All right, last one. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Do or die. The last character is Rudy Rudu. <laughs> Rudy Rudu? Rudy Rudu. Uh, jeez. Uh... <laughs> Rudy Rudu is a soldier of fortune. Um, kind of like a like a like a like he has no actual powers. He's just like you know he's kind of like Indiana Jones type. Like he's an adventurer. He's got like a gun. Maybe he shoots people. Hmm. Uh, goes on lots of old timey adventures and. Uh, you know what? You know what? I'm scratch it. Scratch all of that. Okay. Rudy Rudu is a person that is a special. Okay, their power is to be able to insult people and be rude to them mm. in a way that is incapacitating. That is a great guess, but it's it's incorrect. Rudy Rudu can place hexes on people. Uh, but the best thing about his power is that um, he has it in an issue called Swing with Scooter number thirty two. By the end of the episode, he no longer has these hexing powers uh, because he gets punched in the face, and that's it. That's the end of his hexing powers. That's all it takes? That's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's that's really good. That's a really bad weakness yeah, cancel, to have. I know. As a canceled out. Immediately canceled out. Wow. God, so real quick, man, out of all of the six characters that we have brought to what what he do this on this wonderful day which one was your favorite you got I the mean, love syndicate overman <laughs> with his sex virus gruble i gotta go with ruble Rudy, i mean ruble's insane ruble won me the won me the game so i gotta go with ruble what about Gruble? You? dude his name is gruble god damn it gruble sorry what is your name what's your what's your favorite guy uh let's see you had rudy rudy what were the first two for you uh this the kate the Kate, Kate Crasher. Really? I already. Kate Crasher. I didn't even write it down. I closed down the site. Um, oh, and okay. then something. <laughs> Rudy Rudu. And the first one was Scarf. Oh, yes, Scarf. I think Kate Crasher. Yeah. I mean, that story was, is fantastic. 
Yeah, it's between K Crasher and the sex virus of Overman. Um, My favorite part of that story is like, it's a, it's one of these like one-off stories that like throwaway stories that no one will remember. But in it, Flash almost kills us all. Like that's yeah. kind of nuts. We were that close. And Flash didn't realize. How do you? By the way, how do you realize that you're actually making you're, it worse? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, man, last bit of thing. Jeez, uh, we're going like way long. Let, let's let's save that one for the next. Oh time. yeah, okay, we'll save it. All right. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I want to. I want to spend more time on that. So, anyway, uh, well, that's a big teaser. Let's just say <laughs> uh, the best and or worst thing to ever happen to a comic convention next week on Comic Book. That's Games. a nice way of putting it. Uh, until then, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Thanks for listening, guys. Stay super, everyone. Later.